0: Q&A Holes Podcast presents The Sea Report for Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Okay. Hey! It looks like we're live! Alright! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the C-Report from Q&A Holes Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. C, and I'm here to give you the news and maybe cause you to ask a couple of questions to come to mind. Now, today we're doing a very special live simulcast, so we'll just see what happens. I feel like I should be reporting uh, sports right now uh, decked out the way that I am with this headset on my head, but that's okay. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, um, well, it's on one of my YouTube channels, actually, to be honest with you. It's not something, it's not a program that is yet on QA Holes, um, podcast.com, um, proper, but, you know, it's still in the family, and, you know, it's just, I'm having fun. So this is session number two that we're doing right now for the C-Report from q dot com. So don't let me waste my time with my jibber-jabber. Let's just get right to the headlines. How about that, huh? Now, we always want to start with a Trump story here at the C-Report. So we always lead with Trump. And then, you know, in coming up with the report that I was putting together for today, I was like, oh, my God there was no Trump story. So I had to go back into the, uh, you know, spectra and aggregate of news that was out there. And I found a Trump story. Thank you. Postmillennial.com breaking Trump slams McConnell as a dour, sullen, and unsmiling political hack. It says, Former President Donald Trump released a statement on Tuesday slamming Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, saying that if the GOP sticks with McConnell and his ilk, they will lose the base that supported Trump. The statement in an email from Save America reads... The Republican Party can never again be respected or strong with political leaders like Senator Mitch McConnell at its helm. McConnell's dedication to business as usual, status quo policies together with his lack of political insight, wisdom, skill, and personality has rapidly driven him from majority leader to minority leader, and it will only get worse. The Democrats and Chuck Schumer play McConnell like a fiddle. They've never had it so good, and they want to keep it that way. We know our America First agenda is a winner, not McConnell's Beltway First agenda, or Biden's America Last. Ha! now that 's some funny stuff right there, so we have uh i mean i mean trump he just he just went right you know he just went right for that uppercut that good old uppercut right to the jaw with chuck there i mean sorry not chuck with uh with uh, cocaine McConnell as I like to call him. Cocaine came Connell. Yeah, what was that? His lack of personality. Ha! Okay, so uh, the letter from Trump goes on in 2020. I received the most votes of any sitting president in history, almost 75 million. Every incumbent House Republican won for the first time in decades. And we flipped 15 seats, almost costing Nancy Pelosi her job. Republicans won majorities in at least 59 of the 98 partisan legislative chambers, and the Democrats failed to flip a single legislative um, chamber from red to blue. And in Mitch's Senate, over the last two election cycles, I single handedly saved at least 12 Senate seats. More than eight in the 2020 cycle alone. And then came the Georgia disaster, where we should have won both U.S. Senate seats, but McConnell matched the Democrat offer of $2,000 stimulus checks with $600. How does that work? It became the Democrats' principal advertisement, and a big winner for them it was. McConnell then put himself one of the most unpopular politicians in the United States into the advertisements. Many Republicans in Georgia voted Democrat or just didn't vote because of their anguish at their inept governor, Brian Kemp, Secretary of of State Brad Raffensperger and the Republican Party for not doing its job on election integrity during the 2020 presidential race. It was a complete election disaster in Georgia and certain other swing states. McConnell did nothing and will never do what needs to be done in order to secure a fair and just electoral system in the future. He does have what it takes. He doesn't have what it takes, never did, and never will. My only regret is that McConnell begged for more strong support and endorsement before the great people of Kentucky in the 2020 election, and I gave it to him. He went from one point down to twenty points up and won. How quickly he forgets. Without my endorsement, McConnell would have lost, and lost badly. Now his numbers are lower than ever before, he is destroying the Republican side of the Senate, and in so doing, seriously hurting our country. Likewise, McConnell has no credibility on China because of his family substantial Chinese business holdings. He does nothing on this tremendous economic and military threat, which is a dour, sullen, and unsmiling political hack and if Republican senators are going to stay with him, they will not win again. He will never do what needs to be done or what is right for our country. Where necessary and appropriate, I will back primary rivals who espouse America great again, making making America great again, and our policy of America first. We want brilliant, strong, thoughtful, and compassionate leadership. So, uh, those were just some of the words that President Trump had to say about the leadership of Mitch McConnell, Cocaine McConnell, Cocaine Mitch. Someone. I like Cocaine McConnell better. I think the, uh, the consonance is uh, a lot better sounding there, if anything. But yeah, so, um, as you can see, if our elections are in fact secure for the 2022 elections and, you know, a lot of these bad guys get put behind bars, be it as it may at the government's own speed, you know, at the timing of God, then, uh, maybe we will have, um, Something to look forward to by way of the 2022 election. I'm I'm already looking at 2022 as a point where people can break in, um, as opposed to 2024 where everything changes. I mean, and I say, why not? You know, like let's just go ahead and go all the way with it. I mean, we're already going to get Q -Q warrants uh, uh, served in several states, if not many. Uh, So let's just see how that goes, why don't you? Now, um, let's see here. So for the next article, we have from, it looks like uh, Naomi Lim, Family Tradition, it says, Republicans lack ways to check Biden family access peddling. After four years of House Democrat-led investigations into former President Donald Trump, congressional Republicans are itching to look deeper into allegations of access peddling by President Biden's immediate family members. But their options are scant. Last Congress, for instance, Senate Republicans released an 87-page report by the Homeland Security and Finance Committees into the business dealings of his lobbyist investor son, Hunter Biden. However, this Congress, it is the Democrats who control the most intensive investigative powers, not just the House, but also in the Senate. We need to understand the extent of the Biden family's use of its connection to the president to enrich itself and any steps being taken to mitigate future self-dealing," said a Republican spokesperson for the House Oversight and Reform Committee. The dilemma for Republicans is how. That's because life in the minority affords Republicans very few avenues of dissent and inquiry. To that, I would only have to say that, uh, Naomi Lim, clearly these people are not paying attention to... All of the scandals that took place with Hunter Biden, they're not paying attention to Ukraine. They're not paying attention to the fact that the Ukraine government did, in fact, slap a warrant on Joe Biden. So if he were to ever go into Ukraine, they would arrest him on the spot. Come on, Naomi Lim. Let's 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 give let's give the Republicans some ideas. Then, how about um h- how about how uh, Biden's uh, son-in-law will now uh, possibly be able to profit and benefit from the fact that his father-in-law is in office, and he himself will be working on a bunch of COVID conundrums. Um, add that to the fact that Biden's brother and uh, Biden's other son. Uh, I, I get their names swapped sometime. Have also made money, as evidenced by some of the um, uh, some of the uh, information given by whistleblowers in the Biden uh, Hunter Biden uh, case, where they were receiving money and they were each taking shares uh, in certain percentages. Um, this is where we learned that uh, uh, Daddy Biden, is otherwise known as. Uh, The big guy. All right, so. Um, and again, thank you for tuning in to the live pilot. I don't know what you would call this. I'm just having fun, but this is the C Report with your host, Mr. C. That's me, and uh, this is brought to you by QAndAHolesPodcast.com. So, if you have a chance, be sure to check out QAndAHolesPodcast.com. Now, for those of you who are watching or who may uh, tune in later on, uh, allow me to explain to you a little bit of what's going on here we have uh the c report podcast that comes out um on the e6w network um and also through q a holes podcast.com um, and uh that is uh that is uh that is That is a um, weekly podcast, C-Report is here, but you can find some taped episodes on this channel that is Mr. C, the Mr. C channel here on YouTube.com, and um, yeah, when you you happen to see that, like, today you're catching it live, because I just so happened to be doing this live today. Well, hey there, hello, how's it going? I hope you're having a great time with me here on the C-Report. And if you're listening on um, the E6W network on Spreaker or on Anchor, any of the networks that we are hosted on, then do go check out QandayHolesPodcast.com. And if you're looking for the C-Report on YouTube, just go ahead and search the C-Report on YouTube um, or look for the Mr. C-Link or search q and podcastcom on uh, YouTube. That's uh, another good thing that you could try doing as well. So, yeah. So, um you know i might be doing a little a little bit of weird pauses here and there just because uh whenever i get the report out on the podcast uh, you know it, the audio comes out a little bit different from what we have here but anyways let's get right back into the news exclusive con- uh lawmakers launch legislative blitz exposing biden's weakness on communist china So now we have another attack on this president-select, this illegitimate president, President Biden uh that the republicans you know and i don't even understand really i guess you know i guess when you're vying for power but you're on the same team it's easy to have a charade like this but honestly i just don't get it like i just i mean who cares you know like i guess they have to look like they're fighting i guess it has to be like pro wrestling or you know pro sports these days it seems but this uh article is written by matthew boyle Top conservative lawmakers in the U.S. House of Representatives are uh, launching a legislative blitz against Democrat President Joe Biden, exposing his weakness when it comes to the threat of the Chinese Communist Party and Biden's coziness with the communists in Beijing. The effort led by Republican Study Committee uh, Chairman Representative Jim Banks, a Republican of Indiana will consist of a messaging push as well as the introduction and rollout of a series of legislative proposals designed to curb Chinese influence and aggression and expose the Democrats and Biden for being weak on China. Banks and his team detailed the efforts for Breitbart News exclusively ahead of the push, which will begin on Tuesday and carry on throughout the week. Under Banks, the RSC is planning blitzes like this on major issues, frequently as a counter to Biden's agenda pushing from the White House and by congressional Democrats. The Biden administration has lifted almost every single tough action the Trump administration took on China and has already demonstrated a clear pattern of going back to the tried-and-failed strategy of supporting China's rise banks told Breitbart News. It's not enough to compete with China. We must continue President Trump's approach to confront China. The Chinese Communist Party is not a partner. It's the greatest threat to the U.S. and worldwide freedom and prosperity, and if we fail to treat them as such, we will reap severe consequences. The House Conservatives' push comes on the heels of Biden's first call last week with Chinese dictator Xi Jinping, the contents of which not much is known. But the White House did, however, release a readout of all of the calls, saying the two leaders discussed some concerns Biden has with Beijing's coercive and unfair economic practices, the crackdown in Hong Kong, human rights abuses in Xinjiang, and increasingly assertive actions in the region, including toward Taiwan, as well as the coronavirus pandemic and some other issues like global health security and climate change. The RSC has compiled a six-page background memorandum that explained the House Conservatives' view on China and, in particular, the concerns with Biden's approach to handling the CCP as compared with now former President Donald Trump's approach. The document opens by explaining the difference in philosophy and approach to China by Biden versus Trump, then details a series of executive actions Biden has already taken that empowers the United States most ardent adversary. On just his second day in office, Biden issued a flurry of executive orders helping the CCP. They include one that re-entered the U.S. into the World Health Organization, even after its efforts to cover up the Chinese origins of the coronavirus pandemic, and another that allows Chinese communists and Russians access to the U.S. power grid, undoing an order from trump that barred them from getting into the nation's energy supply five days later gina raymonda biden's nominee for secretary of commerce refused to keep chinese technology from hui firm Huei on the department of commerce's in- Um, entities list what is essentially a blacklist that prevents the company's technology use from being authorized here the day after that biden's treasury department delayed until max uh, until may an executive order trump rolled out sanctioning chinese military companies operating in the united states that's all just in biden's first week in office The RSC document continues for page after page, bullet point after bullet point, explaining how Biden has undermined the United States and empowered the Chinese Communist Party when it comes to his approach to the Pacific Rim policy from the outset of his administration. Wow, folks, that is just insane. And, you know, it's pretty easy to see that Biden has taken a very, I would say, soft spot towards China. Mm, Maybe a little bit softer than that. I would say Biden is most definitely uh, in their pocket. I mean, after all, his son did take a lot of money from them, and uh, I think, um, you know, the big guy got a cut of that as well. But, you know, that's another thing that, you know, we'll follow up a little bit later on with is this whole power grid issue. In the States, as we see an Arctic blast coming down through the southern and central states uh, of the United States of America, all the way down into Mexico, even, you know, and then here you have you have them uh, allowing the Chinese and the Russians access to our power grid. And we already know that with uh, the uh, Chinese company, the cell phone company, I think it was Huawei. um, I, I know I'm probably saying that wrong. I used to have one myself. To be honest with you, um, but we know that they have backdoors that allow spying, you know, on um, American citizens, and that's why Trump kept them off, and and Biden's uh, gonna go ahead and let them right back in, spying on Americans. You know, is this a soft spot on China? What do you think? Let us know here at the C Report. Um, I think that uh, I think that if. I remember correctly, um, you know, going back to when China did the uh, Olympics, for example and uh, that was here in America and there was like all of those people and it was going to be the Chinese century I-, I really do believe that the propaganda in regards to uh, the Chinese century uh, China being an ally China China being great China being all of these things I think the propaganda was strong enough to believe and definitely something that you know many of us did I don't think a lot of us realized what was going on in china and what is going on in china and a lot of things that they're doing and you know they are a communist run uh country and that is to say the government not the people um you know but there there are a lot of bad things that happen under communist regimes including genocide and we're seeing that hearing about that more and more often it's just a shame that because four years of a good man we see um, you know we see efforts to uh, end it and stop the, the the human rights violations derailed because a man is in the pocket of the Communist Party and China and uh, that my friends is no bueno that needs to be immediately taken care of oh um y'all. Let's see what else we got here in the headlines for today. Moving right along. Dug-a-dung, dug-a-dung, like I like to say. Ooh. So, this one's a good follow-up from a story that we had in session A today. Uh, Governor Cuomo may be in trouble. Melissa DeRosa is his assistant who outed him. And her mother-in-law, Audrey Strauss, is Head of the DOJ's. SDNY. Oh, ho, 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 ho. The plot thickens on killer Cuomo. Let's see what's going on. Jim Hoff at the Gateway Pundit reports by not releasing the correct and total number of deaths in New York State nursing homes, including hospitals, per the US uh, DOJ's request in August 2020. Governor Cuomo is likely guilty of obstruction of justice. His assistant, Melissa DeRosa, just admitted to obstruction of justice on a phone call with top Democrat lawmakers outing Cuomo. Her mother in law, in the head of the DOJ in the Southern District of New York, Audrey Strauss. At least 15,000 New York State senior citizens and people with disabilities, residents of New York's nursing homes died under this Cuomo regime in 2020. They were virtual prisoners in a congregate care system that implemented public policies that led to not their safety, health, and security, but to their deaths. Melissa DeRosso, Cuomo's assistant, stated to the Democrats on a recent conference call, And basically, we froze. She reportedly said, I should do that in a uh, (laughs) New York accent, but I'm not. Because then we were in a position where we weren't sure if what we were going to give to the Department of Justice or what we give to you guys, what we start saying was going to be used against us. Well, we weren't sure if there was going to be an investigation. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, she said that. She reportedly added, That played a very large role into all of this. We didn't know if there was going to be an investigation. We didn't know if what we start saying was going to be used against us, so we decided not to tell the truth. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, it's just like that Chris Klein all over again. It's just like the guy who changed, uh, who who changed the FISA applications, lied on them so they could get the warrants to spy on Trump, and all they get is a slap on the hands. Really, guys? I mean, come on, really? Like, FISA. Like, should we even care about FISA? I mean, why do we even have a FISA? Everything should just be out there in the public. Because, you know, if you can just change information, you may as well just have it available for everybody. Why even have a court that you have to go submit to get these warrants for if you can just change information and lie about it? Sorry, that just sent me into a tangent on that. But this DeRosa lady, really? And, you know, maybe it's this this admitted guilt. Maybe because she admits it. She'll go ahead and get a slap on the hand like that guy did for, uh, you know, getting his, uh, uh, FISA warrant lies. All he got was, what, 12 months probation? Jeez, I got more probation than that for DWI! Good lord! Okay, getting back to this. Let's go. Let's go. But instead of a Mia Colbert, the grieving family members of the uh, more than 13,000 dead seniors, or the critics who say the health department spread COVID-19 and the care facilities with a March 25th state health department directive that nursing homes admit infected patients, DeRosa tried to make amends with the fellow Democrats for the political inconvenience it caused them. So we do apologize, she said. I do understand the position that you were put in. I know that it is not fair. It was not our intention to put you in that political position with the Republicans. She doesn't even care about the people. She doesn't even care about all of the people that were killed because of this mandate that Governor, Killer Governor Cuomo, put in New York. And mind you, there are four other states this happened in, not just New York and the first thing she does is she makes uh she 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 makes uh, uh you know cat calls to the republicans i mean to her democrat fellows for making it uh you know hard for for them and the republicans i mean come on does not even care about the life it was the new york post's bernadette hogan carl cap and bruce golding who broke this story on February 11th, Hogan has been on top of this story since the beginning and has attended most of Cuomo's press conferences in person. Um, Her coverage at the New York Post has kept the nation updated as to the horrific crimes that were being committed by the Cuomo administration in New York's nursing home and hospitals by virtue of NYS Department of Health Commissioner Howard Zucker's COVID-19 public policies. Melissa DeRosa apologized on a conference call of top New York State Democrats last week for the Cuomo administration for not releasing all the numbers as to how many New Yorkers actually died in New York State nursing homes. She put distance between herself and Governor Andrew Cuomo and then casually kicked and threw him under the bus. All the lead dog Dems heard her do it and they knew just what she was doing. Melissa DeRosa's mother-in-law is Audrey Strauss, of the sdny derosa's Rosa's uh, family has lobbying connections to the greater new york hospital association her father and brother are top lobbyists for the gnyha in june we reported on how cuomo instituted mandates that killed elderly citizens and made millions for the gnyha derosa is the most powerful unelected player in NYS politics as Cuomo's secretary or top aide. She knew exactly what she was doing when she issued her apology. She was stabbing Cuomo in the back. Governor Andrew Cuomo and the GNYHA, a business corporation and nonprofit in the business of making profits and deals favorable to NYS hospitals and nursing homes, cooperated in a scheme to deliver COVID 19 sick patients directly from hospitals to nursing homes. Governor Andrew Cuomo implemented this policy on March 25th, 2020, through his health commissioner, Howard Zucker, which resulted in, we now know, at least 15 eighteen thousand unnecessary and cruel senior citizen deaths. In May 2020, we reported Andrew Cuomo declined to utilize the USNS comforts, especially specifically sent to New York State by President Trump, or the Jacob Javits Center, which was set up as a field hospital, or the field hospital set up in Central Park by Samaritan's Purse, a benevolent Christian organization. He could have placed recovering COVID-19 infected patients in these facilities. He refused to. These sites remained vacant, The comfort soon left New York Harbor and sailed away, and Samaritan's Purse pulled down its fields, hospitals, and left. In the meantime New York senior citizens people with disabilities who live in nursing homes and even people who were simply recuperating in nursing homes from recent surgeries were being funneled from New York hospitals to New York nursing homes and back again into hospitals to die and the COVID-19 death toll in New York state during March, April and May 2020 was the highest in the nation per capita and likely the entire world in July we reported the results of COVID in the US and in particular New York so that is something to think about Let's 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 continue the article. Let's finish it up. The senior leadership in the team of Cuomo, DeRosa, and his health commissioner Howard Zucker, following the apparent wishes of the GNYHA, a top donor to the New York State Democrat Party and also to Andrew Cuomo, made sure to transfer the transfer of the stream of COVID-19 infected and recovering patients from New York State hospitals continued unabated into New York State nursing homes, hospitals, and nursing homes. Are two of the top health care facilities which make up the membership of the GNYHA, a, pro- a nonprofit with gross receipts of $46.7 million in 2018? Cuomo's decision was to move ahead with this plan, keep moving infected patients into New York State nursing homes. He never ordered a stop until May 10th when he amended his March 25th order. Most don't realize Cuomo never fully received rescinded that order, he simply amended it. When facts started coming out, Cuomo delivered a massive cover-up, rather than meet the demands of the grieving families who wanted answers and the data as to why their family members had to die, and how many people really died in New York state nursing homes, including those who were moved to hospitals and who died there. Cuomo refused to provide the hospital data. He then manufactured a clever, massive cover-up and threw things in the public's face, like his brand-new book deal, the ridiculous COVID-19 posters, be claimed to have designed New York tough, and even proud boasts about the Emmy he received from an equally corrupt Hollywood. Project Veritas did an undercover sting of New York State funeral home directors in April 2020 and uncovered extremely troubling facts. In late April, a Project Veritas reporter spoke with Michael Lanza, the director of Staten Island's Colonial Funeral Home. To be honest with you, All of the death certificates are writing COVID on it. They're writing COVID on all death certificates, Lanza said. Lanza said de Blasio might see inflated COVID death tallies as a way to bring more money to New York City whether they have had a positive test or didn't. So, I think, again, this is my personal opinion. I think, like, the mayor and our city, they're looking for federal funding, and the more they put COVID on the death certificate, the more they can ask for in federal funds. There are at least 15,000 families in New York State who lost loved ones in a nursing home loved ones who likely died alone and in fear. The number of such deaths attributable to Andrew Cuomo is more than the total number of deaths between 9-11 and Pearl Harbor combined. Unfortunately for Cuomo, the mother-in-law of his assistant who outed him is the current head of the SDNY. Well, this uh Cuomo story certainly has seemed to have snowballed on him. I'll tell you what that's some uh pretty crazy thing and it's it's happening really fast too. It was about uh two weeks ago it was about two weeks ago that we had um the uh A.G., the Attorney General of New York State, actually calling out Cuomo on the data that she saw as being inconsistent with what he reported. By almost half percent, by almost 50 percent, she found his numbers were underreported. And from there, the ball moved forward. And we moved forward with it here at the C-Report. Wowzers, guys. Wow and zers. Okay, let's see what we got going on here. Ah. Well, friends, it looks like we won't have to worry about this for now. We're going to have to just uh, go ahead and transcribe this. But the show must go on. We're still live here at the C Report. Thank you again for tuning in. My name is Mr. C. Uh, and the C Report is brought to you by QA Holes Podcast.com. Make sure you visit us at QA Holes Podcast.com. Check us out on Saturday and Wednesday on Twitch, where we do our Wednesday and Saturday call in shows with the QA Holes crew. That's myself, Mr. C and Mr. W and Mr. Y. And again, on Thursdays, we have the Mr. C and Magadon show. We are usually uh, talking about a lot of Q items there on Magadon because we here at Podcast.com are Trump supporters. And so that's why you have us giving you a little bit of news, love, and what we have in the headlines. Let's go ahead and get back to it. Former GOP Senator Perdue files paperwork to challenge Warnock for Senate seat in Georgia. So here we go again. um, Another story that brings us to the 2022 and 2024 election cycles uh, to see what can be done at that time. Again, that is hopeful that um, our uh, election machines are actually our voting machines are actually secure and everything behind the scenes is taking place. Place the way it needs to to get rid of some of these uh, nefarious characters in our political history. This article is by Sophie Mann. Former Georgia GOP Senator David Perdue filed paperwork Monday evening to challenge Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock next year for the Georgia Senate seat. The latter won the la- last month. Perdue lost his bid for a second term when he was defeated January 5th in a runoff against Democrat John Ossoff. Warnock won his seat, also in a runoff by defeating Republican Kelly Leffler. The warnock leffler race was a special election to complete a six-year term. The winner of the 2022 race for Warnock's seat will serve a full six-year term. Purdue filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission to establish a Purdue for Senate campaign committee for the 2022 election. The Warnock and Ossoff victories in the January runoff election gave Democrats an effective Senate majority, a 50-50 split with Democrat Vice President Kamala Harris casting tie-breaking votes. Georgia will likely attract significant attention during the 2022 cycle as Republican Governor Brian Kemp runs for re-election potentially against Stacey Abrams, whom he narrowly defeated in 2018. Abrams' defeat prompted her leadership at Um, of an aggressive voter registration organization that played a crucial role in the Democrat victories seen in the state recently. Abrams has not yet announced whether she intends to run. Former uh, President Trump may also play a crucial role. Trump became outspokenly critical of Kemp and Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who Trump thinks failed to adequately investigate his claims of election fraud in the state. The former president has said he will campaign against both of them during the next cycle. Purdue, a former businessman, became one of Trump's best allies during his Senate term, which could mean the former president will enthusiastically campaign on his behalf. And yes, we'll see how that goes again. You know, if these uh, if the elections are secure, as they say, they will be. And the people start going to jail. I'm all about it. Next article is from a J John Carney, excuse me, rolling blackouts across 13 states beyond Texas. So we've been reporting here at the Sea Report how we've been having some really frigid, uh, frigid uh, weather lately. I mean, we're talking down in the 20s and the teens. We're talking snow. We're talking things I've never seen here and I've lived in Texas all my life. And uh, now we're seeing that uh, they're having blackouts across the state of Texas. E. Uh, ERCOT, we've got that to blame for and then we also have what biden letting the chinese get into our into our uh, systems now but now we see that it's affecting more than just texas oh i'm sorry the uh, world does not revolve around texas <laughs> excuse me that's a texas thing but 13 other states are being affected by these blackouts john carney writes blackouts will roll across the spine of the american midwest stretching from north dakota to oklahoma Amid the extreme cold snap that has disrupted power uh, generation and sent demand soaring, Southwest Power Pool, which manages power for 14 states, declared an energy emergency alert for its entire network this morning. It said it is ordering utilities to start rolling blackouts as seen this week in Texas. SPP said that this was the first time it had ever had to order rolling blackouts. This is done as a last resort to preserve the reliability of the electric system as a whole, the agency said. It's a step we're consciously taking to prevent circumstances from getting worse. Which could result in uncontrolled outages of ever, ever greater magnitude. Ooh, see, no one was expecting this Arctic uh, snap to come through, you know, the United States. I was definitely not expecting to see snow. Period. You know, um, you know, my friends, just what? you know, 90 miles north of me, all got snowed on in December and January. No snow for me down here until now. Speaking of snow, we have a great article here about a patriot named Mike Lindell. Now, we failed to get to this article In the uh, A session for the C report today, so we do apologize. We just got crunched for time. Like, we're crunching for time here right now as well, but we'll see how far we get. You know, we try and run about an hour at the C report from q Now, getting back into this article from Patty McMurray. Michigan residents stand together in freezing cold weather to protest Kroger. For joining corporate bullies attempting to punish My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and go through the story. And for those of you who don't know the story of Mike Lindell and My Pillow or My Pillow products, well, pay attention because it goes into it in here. <laughs> The article writes 100 fed up reports Michigan residents came together over the weekend to stand against the popular Michigan grocery chain Kroger after they decided to join together with other corporate bullies and stop carrying the popular my pillow products my pillow CEO Mike Lindell has been battered by Democrat lawmakers the Democrat Party mainstream media big tech bullies who censor conservatives on social media and at least 18 stores who've removed his products from from. from their shelves and online stores over his refusal to back down on his assertion that the November election was stolen. Phil O'Halloran, who helped to organize the event stood with a large group of citizens in front of the Kroger store in Lake Orion, Michigan, holding signs to show their support for Mike Lindell and his right for free speech, calling Kroger a communist company over their decision to drop the MyPillow line from their stores. The temperatures on Saturday were in the single digits, and with the wind chill factored in, temperatures were well below zero. The protest was centered around our free speech rights in America that seemed to be eroding, while at the same time Democrats cheer the silencing of their oppositions by large corporations and big tech bullies. Overall, O'Halloran said the protest was a huge success as he felt they were able to educate a number of Kroger customers who were unaware of their decision to help ruin the MyPillow CEO for standing up for free and fair elections by effectively cancelling his products from their stores. The group handed out flyers to customers that included an explanation of how Kroger is purchasing products from communist China, while at the same time, they're working to silence the owner of American-made products. The flyer includes an email and mailing address for customers to contact Kroger and let them know how their customers feel about their decisions. Phil O'Halloran told us that at least one customer who was tasked with picking up a $300 deli order for his wife was stunned to hear about Kroger's decision to remove the MyPillow brand from the stores. According to O'Halloran, the customer took the flyer back to his vehicle and called his wife. After their call, his wife called Kroger and canceled to order. She told her husband to buy their large order of deli product from another store. O'Halloran is hoping that their protest in front of Kroger will inspire others to do the same and protest in front of the stores across America that have removed the MyPillow brand from their inventory. MyPillow founder and CEO Mike Lindell, a former crack addict and alcoholic, has become an example of courage and compassion for his fellow man since he made the decision to give up a lifestyle that most Americans could never imagine. Over a period of 16 years, Mike built an incredibly successful American-made business that all started with his signature pillow that received a patent in 2008. Since that time, Mike has added others highly popular American-made items to his inventory, including mattress toppers, sheets, and pillowcases. The lifelong Minnesota man with a powerful can-do attitude is a true rags-to-rich story and a testament to the power of believing in someone higher than yourself. On February 18, 2017, Mike Lindell turned his life over to Jesus Christ and has never looked back. Since that time, he's become a new man whose life has been filled with purpose and promise. On August 15th, 2016, Mike Lindell met with then-candidate Donald J. Trump to discuss his successful American-made business. Lindell, who admits he knew nothing about politics before he met with the future president, immediately formed a bond with President Trump, who, like Mr. Lindell, has an uncanny ability to connect with everyone regardless of their socioeconomic status. Since his meeting with Trump, Lindell has been a steadfast supporter of President Trump, Lindell has was greeted with a massive cheers by Minnesota residents when he spoke at a, a Minneapolis rally for Trump in October 2019, calling the Trump calling Trump the hardest worker in the country. Lindell also accepted the role of Minnesota's chair for the Trump campaign where he worked Incredibly hard to turn the blue state red. Like the rest of America, Lindell was shocked to see the massive Trump lead in critical swing states take a sharp turn early in the morning the day after the election hundreds of GOP poll challengers in Michigan submitted sworn affidavits attesting to voter fraud or voter irregularities they witnessed which included a Dominion voting machine contract employee who claimed she witnessed massive fraud at the TCF Center in Detroit and footage that uh, that showed Atlanta election workers pulling suitcases from under tables and moving them to moving them to the vote tabulators after sending election workers home because of a water main break at the State Farms Arena. Thanks to the Gateway Pundit and their superior investigative work, they were able to determine that the so-called water main break never happened. Instead, workers were cleared from the facility where absentee ballots were being counted over a leaky urinal. Another video clearly showed a GOP poll challenger being uh, refused entry at a Pennsylvania precinct where absentee ballots were being counted. Photos emerged of GOP poll workers being forced to use binoculars to view absentee ballots being counted at tables in Philadelphia. A forensic uh, audit of a Dominion machine was performed in Antrim County, Michigan after it was discovered that 6,000 votes were flipped from Biden to Trump. The Allied Security Operations Group who conducted the forensic audit concluded that the Dominion voting machines were assigned a 68.05% error ratio. Constitutional attorney Matthew DiPerno explained that when ballots are put through the machine, a whopping 68.05% error rate means that 68.05% of the ballots are sent for bulk adjudication, which means they collect... The ballots in a folder. The ballots are sent somewhere where people in another location can change the vote. The predo explained, the allowable election error rate established by the Federal Election Commission guidelines is one in two hundred fifty thousand ballots, or a point zero zero zero. 8%. Diperno told us that the report shows internet and adjudication files were wiped clean on November 4th, adding, they destroyed election results. They destroyed election results in violation of state law, he told us. They were required to keep these records for two years after the election and they deleted them. We can assign motive to that, but we can't we can't assign motive to that, but we can speculate. Dominion jumped into action and threatened anyone who suggested their machines affected the outcome of the election and even threatened to sue some individuals who never mentioned Dominion but had ties to those who did. Mike Lindell, a fearless warrior for truth, decided to bravely fight back and expose what he calls massive voter fraud in the November 4th election. Lindell spoke out on social media about the need to investigate voter irregularities and fraud and was almost immediately banned by anti-First Amendment cowards on the Twitter censorship team who removed his personal account. Twitter took it a step further and removed the MyPillow accounts as well. Large corporations that sold MyPillow joined the big tech bullies and pulled Mike's MyPillow brand from their shelves and online stores. Multiple companies corp- uh, companies, corporate bullies joined big tech in their decision to punish Mike Lindell for daring to speak openly about his belief that massive voter fraud changed the outcome of the November election. So far, 18 stores have stopped carrying Mike's My Pillow brand. Here's the list: Coles, Bed Bath and Beyond, JCPenney, Wayfair, Kroger, The Shopping Channel. Dollar General, Shop HQ, Mattress Firm, Chewy.com, Finger Hut, BJ's, HEB, Coborn's Affirm, Kinney Drugs, Colony Brands, and Blue Bluestem. The pushback against these companies was bound to happen. We salute Phil O'Halloran and his large group of patriots for taking the first step, and hope this movement, uh, hope this movement to give those corporations a dose of their own medicine, will make them think twice about canceling the free speech of fellow Americans they don't agree with, like Christian conservative Mike Lindell. Dominion has threatened Mike Lindell with a lawsuit for speaking out about voter fraud, yet his commitment to exposing the truth remains unshaken. His absolute proof documentary on voter fraud can be found on his website yes sir ladies and gentlemen and you can see that at mypillow.com just go to mypillow.com and search for the film Absolute Proof where he talks about and covers the election fraud the coup the The 2020 coup of the United States government the Constitution All right, I got, uh, let's see here, two more stories, and I think we'll call it a wrap for the night. Um, Let's see here, and then, of course, we'll be back again tomorrow, but we'll be on uh, the podcast side. We probably won't do a live tomorrow. Um, We will have uh, Q&A Holes podcast live call-in show tomorrow however on twitch go to q holes podcast.com for more information on that you can join us tomorrow uh me and the guys will be in the crew will be in the house and uh we'll see what's going on with current events and what else we have to talk about And of course, we'll be back in on Wednesday. We also have the Q&A Holes News Break that happens daily, Monday through Friday, brought to you by Joe1of2. So make sure that you are tuning into our Spreaker account. Uh, If you don't have Spreaker, go get Spreaker. You can hear it on almost any major podcast platform. But if you get Spreaker, you are bound to hear every show and you won't miss a single one we now have what one, two, three, four shows or so. Uh, we have uh, possible in the works, and then uh, and possibly the return of the Mister Y show, the Tuesday night show. And there's no telling what else we have going on in the world of Q and A holes podcast. All right, now I've been meaning to get to these stories for some time. I had promised that I would talk about these stories. So we'll do these two stories, and we'll call it a wrap for a night. And then we'll be back again tomorrow. We don't have a set play, uh, time, but we do have a set place. So just do keep that in mind. Uh, this comes from the Epic Times. South Dakota court ruling sends pot referendum up in smoke boo-hoo boo-hoo been promising that we had we had two ganja stories we were going to throw into the C report so let's go ahead and get these out of the way a state judge in south dakota struck down a state constitutional amendment approved by voters in november that would lead to the legalization and taxation of the recreational use of marijuana because its supporters supposedly failed to follow proper procedures um, the lawsuit on which the judge ruled didn't deal with initiated Measure 26, another referendum approved by the voters at the same time. That initiative, which would create by statute a medical marijuana program in the state for individuals with a debilita- debilitating medical condition, was approved by voters 69 to 92 percent to 30.08 uh, percent, according to Ballot Opedia. Measure 26 applies to patients suffering from cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe debilitating pain, severe nausea, seizures, or severe and persistent muscle spasms caused by a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition, or... Its treatment, according to a reason summary. Circuit Judge Christina Klinger's February 8th ruling stated that constitutional amendment A ran afoul of a rule requiring that an amendment deal with only a single subject. Klinger ruled the measure, which dealt both with legalization and taxation of marijuana, had to be considered by a convention of state delegates before being placed on the ballot and couldn't be enacted by the petition. Process. Lawyers for the individuals who brought the lawsuit challenge challenging the constitutional amendment, South Dakota Highway Patrol Superintendent Rick Miller and Pennington County Sheriff Kevin Tom had argued in court that because Amendment A added an entirely new section to the state constitution instead of merely changing an existing section, it was a revision, not an amendment. Klinger agreed, writing that "...the failure to submit Amendment A through the proper constitutional process voids the amendment and it has no effect." Miller and Tom were backed in the litigation by Governor Christy Nowen, a Republican who opposed the initiative during the election campaign. Constitutional Amendment A was approved by the state's voter fifty-four. 0.18% to 45.82% on November 3rd, 2020, according to Ballotopedia, a yes vote supported the constitutional amendment to legalize the recreational use of marijuana and required the state legislature to pass laws providing for the use of medical marijuana and the sale of hemp by April 1st, 2022. So... That's pretty interesting article here. It sounds like this judge, this uh, judge Klinger is a big old Karen and said that she would not let this amendment pass because they want to do something for what? Legalization and taxation. Uh, K- Karen, they are just trying to make your job easier, killing two birds with one stone. I guess she couldn't figure that out herself, and they're gonna have to take another route. Sorry, South Dakota. I mean, it's not legal here in Texas, but um, it's not hard to get either. All right. Well, where South Dakota says nay to marijuana, it looks like it might be turning around in Wisconsin. Wisconsin Governor Evers plans for marijuana legalization in the budget. This from Theodore Bunker. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers has included plans for legalizing marijuana, both for recreational and medical use, which he claims would bring in $165 million in his two-year budget plan, released Monday. Criminal possession of marijuana is a misdemeanor in Wisconsin on the first offense, but later offenses could be charged as a felony, penalties for which include a fine of up to $10,000 or a a three-and-a-half years in prison, though certain cities in the state have made minor possession of marijuana punishable by a fine. Legalizing and taxing marijuana in Wisconsin, just like we do already with alcohol, ensures a controlled market and safe product and are available for both recreational and medicinal users and can open the door for countless opportunities for us to reinvest for our communities and recreate a more equitable society state, ever said Monday, according to Wisconsin Public Radio. Frankly, red and blue states across the country have moved forward with legalization, and there is no reason Wisconsin should be left behind when we know it's supported by a majority of Wisconsinites, he added. However, Republican State Senator Kathy Bernier of Chapua Falls called the plans divisive, and said the GOP-controlled Wisconsin legislature will not support legalization. The bottom line is, he knows, I know, we know that the Republican legislature is not going to legalize marijuana, per se, Bernier told WPR. So... Let's talk about the things we can do and work together. Well, this Bernier woman sounds like another Karen to me, if you ask me. But uh, that is the state on uh, marijuana, the state of affairs for 420 in Wisconsin and in South Dakota. Uh, We don't, uh, you know, avidly follow marijuana stories here at the Sea Report, but if they come across our desktop, we may be willing to cover it here. How about when it is legalized and uh, we are using the tax money on it throughout every state in the union. I think that'll be a great and probably a very abundant and profitable day in America when that happens. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the C-Report again today. I am your host, Mr. C. I hope you enjoyed session two. Make sure you check us out at QA holes podcast.com If you want to keep up with the latest information and the programming that's coming out from Q a holes podcastcom We will be live to tomorrow on twitch so look us up if you have a twitch account q and a-holes podcast that's q and a-holes like the letter 17th in the alphabet q and a-holes podcast look us up and follow us like share subscribe and we will see all of y'all on the flip side again tomorrow for more news join us why don't you this is mr c for the c report signing out have a good night all and enjoy the rest of your evening. Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidus, author of The Distance to the End, A Trick of the Eyes. A stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Casares